Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with us today are lead baseball analyst, Lucas Jones. Lucas, thanks for hopping on. Hey, not a problem. So, our first topic, which I'm sure we could spend a full hour on, but uh, not going to go that deep. My man, you know this, Lucas, Blaine, the, Blaine Gabbert, the Blaine Train, got a job. He signed a one-year deal in Arizona, and it has caused a little bit of an uproar with uh, certain sports media sites that uh, he got a job before Colin Kaepernick. Now, I've said on this show for a while that, you know, people, it, it was the same thing with Tebow, don't you think, Lucas, that at a certain point, if you cause more distraction than you're worth, you're not going to play. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And it's hard to, it's hard to, understand what's really going on because we don't know what Kaepernick's demanding to money wise from a team either. Yeah. And I'm um, sure Blaine, like, yeah. And I'm Blaine sure Gabbard's Blaine Gabbard. made a lot of money in his career. He has, and I'm sure that he's and, not asking for much. So, I mean, I, I don't know, like I'm not surprised Kaepernick's still out there, but people don't want that mess and to deal with, and they're going to get, no matter where he signs, he's going to get a huge backlash. Like San Francisco is one of the more uh, left-leaning cities in America, yeah. and they got backlash. Yeah, he, military is usually universally, you know, respected across the country, no matter what your political affiliation. And a lot of people took that as a what he did is very disrespectful to the military. So yeah, people don't like that. And one of my big things that nobody's talking about whenever everybody's, you know, up in arms that Blaine Gabbert got a job before Kaepernick did is, you know, Gabbert's a guy that's going to come in, come into Arizona, no no media attention because he's Blaine Gabbert, and he's going to be your backup quarterback, and you're going to ho- hope that Carson Palmer doesn't get hurt because then you're rolling with the Blaine train for the rest of the season. So Well, you also have to look at the systems, too. and Oh, yeah. You know, the Cardinals are – they got a window right now They're, you know, they know that they kind of retooled some on defense, but they got some older players on defense. And of course on their offense, they, you know, they have Palmer and Fitzgerald who's toward the end of their careers. Bruce Arians in his mid sixties. Yeah. So they're, so who is more like Carson Palmer out of them two quarterbacks? Yeah. As good as Carson Palmer. But he is the more similar type player, uh, you know, as Kaepernick likes to get out of the box and try to use his legs and stuff. Well, that's not the Arizona offensive system. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's another thing that hasn't gotten talked about today. So, you got any more final thoughts on this whole situation before we move on? Nope. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is uh, Washington, D.C. sports. So I saw a fun uh, one of someone I follow on Twitter had a uh, tweeted a stat of every city that has a major sports team and how many conference finals they've been in since the year 2000. And Washington D.C. was the only team or was the only city with at least two pro sports major pro sports teams that have not made a conference final since the year 2000, and they have all four. You know, they didn't get the Nationals till 2005, but uh, 
it's a pretty tough time to be a DC sports fan. The Caps lost, and at almost the exact same time, the Wizards were getting whooped by Avery Bradley in the Boston Celtics, and they're now down three games to two. Lucas, do you uh, <laughs> who do you think gets the next title for the city? Do you think that uh, the Wizards can beat the Celtics and maybe get into the conference finals this year in that drought for DC? Well, on that last uh, podcast I was on, I'm pretty sure I said that the Wizards were going to win that series, so... I'm going to go ahead and hold my guns on that. I think they win two straight. They they absolutely could. I mean, you know, John Wall, Bradley Beal, Porter, uh, that. Yeah, you just have to, like, it wasn't very inspiring what happened in game five. So, yeah, you know, but that was like two games ago. I think they just tied the series or they won the first game. I don't remember when that was, but I remember being on the podcast and saying that they I were think going to it, come back and win this thing. They were either down 2 nothing or 2-1 to one whenever we recorded that podcast. Yeah, I think it was 2. I think it was right after their win. Yeah, so it was 2-1. to one. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you. Okay. What, what Buffalo team went to the finals? Like, I can't think of one since 2000 that's been in the conference finals i mean they have the bills and the sabers what's their hockey team the sabers i'm guessing the sabers i'm guessing the sabers have uh i'll I'll look up i'll look this up while we talk and i i would i would guess it would have to be the sabers and as i'm talking right now uh little sports update the uh san antonio spurs beat houston by 40 tonight that is our next topic but uh let me look here uh Little little bad podcast for you guys, but we want to get out some good information. Because I can't, th- I can't. The Bills haven't been past no, the wild card the Bills round. Have been like, yeah, the Bills have been the team that hasn't. I don't think they've made the playoffs since two thousand. Yeah, uh, like they're the only team that hasn't. I don't think that's including the Browns because they kind of had that. They like restarted and. I don't remember what yeah, year they, that was. They 2000, 2001 or something. I'm guessing it was 2006, 2007. The Sabres won the uh, won the President's Trophy for the most regular season. Yeah, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2007. Okay. I was just curious. I, you know, obviously hockey's my weakest sport, so. Yeah, and I was trying to think in uh, San Diego. Have I guess maybe one of those years with uh, LT and Philip Rivers, did they maybe make it? Yeah, I think they played the Patriots a time or two in the okay. conference finals, didn't they? Didn't Philip Rivers play against them with like a torn ACL or something? That sounds very Philip Rivers-ish. Yeah, I know it wasn't the Padres, so it must have been the... Okay, so I'm move, moving on here. We uh, My next thing that I want to talk about is... Uh, that the game that I just brought up the final score of Kawhi Leonard didn't play tonight. And so I thought, uh, pops, Greg Popovich wants to see a seventh game in this series was the only thing I could come up with because, you know, it's a big game. They had a pretty emotional win over the Rockets in game five to go up three to two. And they had a chance to close them out tonight in Houston. They say right before the game, no Kawhi Leonard tonight. And they win by almost 40 points. Uh, how, how, do, how do you feel about the Spurs going forward against Golden State? I don't think they have a chance. Okay, I got an over-under here of uh, 
let's say five and a half games, do you think it's going to, the, the Western Conference Finals mm-hmm. is going to go over or under five and a half games? I think it would go, I'm going to just say six. Okay. Just because you have the Warriors probably feel pretty good about it, so they may have a game or two in there where they don't um, execute all the way, slash Steve Kerr might still be out and miss the series. Yeah. So that means Mike Brown's their coach, so I'm not confident in a Mike Brown sweep, even (laughs) with a talented team like that. Well, and another thing is, you know, Tony Parker's out for the season uh, or for the rest of the playoffs. And uh, Tony Parker's old, but he's got that, you know, he's won four ring, three or four rings. I, I can't keep track of any of those guys in San Antonio anymore. And so I thought maybe with a healthy, if their whole team was healthy, and hopefully they get Kawhi Leonard back healthy going into Golden State. I don't know. I've talked all year that I think that uh, San Antonio has been underrated. And then another thing, here you go, Lucas. I've been wanting to bring this up on the podcast for a while. So if you caught the NBA, uh, the all-star game, the NBA first half uh, review with me and Anthony, I mentioned a doomsday scenario for the Warriors where they got the second seed and had to play the Memphis Grizzlies uh, Oklahoma City or Houston uh, in any of those scenarios and which has happened to San Antonio in the first two rounds where they matched up with Memphis Memphis won two games they matched up with Houston Houston won two games so I, I part of me has been down on the Spurs because they've lost two games in each of the first two rounds but they had a much harder path to get to the Western Conference Finals than the Warriors did and I think that could help them Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a case that can be made for that. Uh, and I can see that. And you can't ever – I mean, Pop's going to have his team ready to go. Oh, they're yeah. Come out. You know, I just I just think they're going to be overmatched at this point. The Spurs are a little banged up. And the Warriors are a little healthier. Um, at this point in the season, everyone's pretty banged up and tired, just like yeah. any sport. But I just think the, the Warriors just – I just – they, I just think they have the better starting five, especially with Tony Parker out. Let me tell you a story about a little under underdog team coached by this guy named Greg Popovich who went up against this team that said they were going to win not one, not two, not three championships. And Coach Popovich and the old dogs went to Miami and won an NBA championship. <laughs> Oh, I mean, there's the Spurs had a way deeper team. Oh, they did. Than the Heat did. The Heat wrapped up all their money and then three guys, which, you know, they won two out of four. I mean, that's still, that's nothing to be upset about. But, I mean, that Spurs team was way different than this one. You still had Tim Duncan, and you had a healthy and younger Tony Parker. Yeah. And Drew Ginobili. You had, you know, that's when people started paying attention to Collie that series against the, you know, when he was like, oh, man, this guy can kind of guard LeBron. Oh, yeah. really guard LeBron, but Collie did a fantastic job of it. And, uh, you know, probably the two best players that's had success against LeBron is Collie and Andre Iguodala. Yeah. 
So, you know, I mean, LeBron's going to have, I mean, in the finals, LeBron's going to have somebody that can play defense on him. Of course, that didn't work out last year after, you know, the three Draymond one Green nut tap LeBron and everything and turned the series around. But, you know, you can't count out. I mean, either one of the teams will be a good matchup for the Cavs. I just think it's going to be the Warriors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's probably the general consensus. I'm I'm rooting for the Spurs because I hate the Golden State team. I you you know I I ever since my uh, beloved Boston three party, I've hated super teams ever since that 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 have tried to replicate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Pierce, Garnett, and Ray Allen were at the end of I, their twilight. I'm just laughing because KG had his little. <laughs> 08 Celtics get together and didn't invite Ray Allen. The, all those guys still hate Ray Allen. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But speaking of that little thing, you got big baby Glenn Davis. Hadn't heard that name in like five fucking years. Yeah, me and either. And he, he's making some bold predictions. Blake Griffin to the Thunder, and he said Paul Millsap and Dwayne Wade to the Clippers this summer. To team up with CP3, which it got real awkward. I watched the video. It kind of got awkward because then KG turned to Rajon Rondo, who's a current teammate of Dwayne, <laughs> Dwayne Wade, and said, well, what's going to, you know, is Dwayne Wade leaving or whatever? And Rondo kind of mumbled something under his breath, and that was just kind of it. Yeah, I bet that got a little awkward. Mm-hmm. So uh, move, moving on to a little hockey talk, not a lot because uh, – Kind of uh, not the most entertaining final four of teams. Out west, there's Anaheim and Nashville. And then in the Eastern Conference Finals, it's Pittsburgh, Ottawa. Now, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman is probably about to jump out of a window if it's if, if the Penguins don't make it. Because then you that's his last superstar, his last big national TV draws, Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. Uh, I bet that there would be a pretty substantial ratings difference between if Pittsburgh wins or if they don't. And let's be real, Ottawa's not the biggest TV draw in, in America because well, they're okay. in Canada. Who is the Predators playing? Anaheim. Who's Anaheim? The Mighty Ducks? The Ducks, yeah. Talking hockey with Lucas. Is that not going to... Is that not gonna like? Is LA not a big hockey market? Well, the Kings, uh, the the Kings have a pretty big following, and LA kind of gets more behind them. But I think Anaheim just being there in Orange County, that uh, I don't know if LA gets into it quite like they do whenever the Kings are good. So yeah, you could make you could make a good case that Anaheim could be a pretty good draw if all of Southern California. I mean, that's the biggest market. Oh yeah, Pittsburgh's not a huge market. Pittsburgh's probably you know they got a lot of following because people like Sidney Crosby. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is you know Sidney Crosby's been the league's biggest star for more than a decade but now. What if the the Nashville in the finals? What if that just starts, you know, getting a bigger draw from the Southern crowd of people who I just assume. Southern people like hockey less than Northern people. Yeah, and, uh, you know, whenever I had Christopher Martell on a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about how they've sold out every game this year, and I thought that that was a pretty impressive feat for the city of Nashville being located where they are. Yeah, I mean, and obviously anything south of Nashville is, uh, you know, sparsely populated compared to 
you know, but you, they could maybe turn some Alabama and Mississippians into hockey fans, maybe, you know. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It's probably, if Ottawa made it, it's probably a good thing for a Canadian team. Yeah. I mean, maybe that, you know, start getting Canada more involved again. Because wasn't Canada on like a terrible run of hockey lately in the NHL? They, last year, they had zero Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs. None of them even yeah, made that's the playoffs. What I, thought, I remember hearing about that. That's why. You know, maybe getting a Canadian team or two in there will reinvigorate the Canadians a little more into watching the games. Who knows? I mean, there could be some upsides to it, but, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, anytime you don't have big market teams, big following team, big followed teams, oh, yeah. the, the commissioners always worry about the ratings. Yeah. So, real quick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and make my predictions here. I'm taking Anaheim and Pittsburgh. For, to play for the Stanley Cup. So now let's get into a little uh, MLB talk since we have our lead baseball analyst on the show today. Uh, Lucas, let's start with uh, Cubs Minute. Are you uh, are you in panic mode? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm going to give you your Cubs Minute so you can rant and <laughs> rave. And... <laughs> uh, well, they're nine games off the pace of last year. But they only have three players right now that's actually playing above like league average numbers. When you break it down into the more advanced numbers, that's Chris Bryant, Carl Edwards Jr., and Wade Davis. So your bullpen's pretty good, pretty solid. But your offense, man, everyone is just cold except for Chris Bryant. So I mean, I think that just means. And Joe Madden kind of said this today. He's like, I think that just means everyone's going to get hot at one time, and we're going to do some damage. So I'm hoping that's the case. Um, if you remember last year, about the, I don't know, third week of May through most of June, the Cubs were like, a, they were atrocious. They went like 8 and 20 or something. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that stretch and, they And, you had. know, they bounced back. So they have a chance to get back on their pace from last year as long as they don't fall into another, like, you know, I'm just going to call it the quarter season slump or whatever mm-hmm. what happened last year so i mean it it sucks because they're not playing what you know they're capable of doing but you know they're going to turn it around and i still think they're the favorites to win the division even though they're two and a half games back even though they're two and a half games back <laughs> i think that i think that they're going to you know they've played a couple tough teams yeah uh the last you know, the last uh, two weeks they've played uh, the Red Sox, the Phillies, the Yankees, and the Rockies. And the Phillies are the worst out of the three. And the oh, Phillies yeah. are still kind of – I mean, the Phillies have some talent. Yeah, they, they do. Just, they just uh, gave their manager a contract extension because they like what he's doing with some of these young guys and older guys and stuff. So, I mean, the Cubs have played some good teams. And they're still, you know, there's always that hangover effect. They're still, you know, everyone's got a target on them now. Oh, yeah. I, it's just going to be tougher. I don't think they're going to, you know, they're not going to do like the Royals did last year. Yeah. I think the Cubs just, they're a more solid team all around. Yeah, so. Uh, so, I th- you know, Theo today was already talking about, he said, hey, we got we got position player prospects that we're going to trade for pitching. So, if the, I mean, there's reinforcements coming for the Cubs, so be ready. Yeah, they have a deep system. And uh, 
I figured our Cubs minute would be a good segue into Purple Rain, our Rockies talk. So the Rockies did take two out of three from your Cubbies. Uh, Mark Reynolds sitting at 12 home runs going into tonight. They're getting ready to open up a big series with the Dodgers at home, and it's kind of a, I guess maybe kind of a good uh, comparison to the Cubs Cardinals this weekend. You know, the Cardinals weren't expected to be in first place right now. I don't, <coughs> excuse me, I don't think a lot of people outside of us expected the Rockies to maybe be in first right now. And the uh, the two teams that were supposed to be in first are going to Colorado and to St. Louis this weekend with a chance to maybe, in a lot of people's minds, set the divisions right. So, uh, Jermaine Marquez pitched a hell of a uh, third game of that Cubs series. He went eight innings, no earn, drove in a couple. Lucas, what are you thinking on the Rockies right now? Well, they're playing good baseball, and they're getting good pitching from their young guys at home. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I, I talked about how the Cubs have been struggling on offense. And they couldn't even put a good offense together um, in Colorado, which is a great offensive park. Oh yeah, uh, you know I think they they scored eight runs on that first the second game that doubleheader. But I mean, they just kind of I don't know. The Rockies are getting their pitchers, their young pitchers are are performing for them, and that's what they need to stay in the race and to prove to their ownership that hey, let's go make some moves in July to bolster this rotation. Because when your rotation is as young as theirs, um, you just can't count. In this day and age, you just can't count on them doing that for 162 games and then October. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they may have innings limits or or their, their arms just not ready for the grind of seven months of needing to pitch good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of those guys coming up, they've never thrown 250 innings in a season whenever you get into the playoffs. So there's uh, there's definitely some fatigue on those young guys. And maybe if the Rockies are uh, are still playing well come June or July, they make a call to uh, Texas, maybe uh, make a run at you, Darvish. Yeah, I think uh, the Rockies will have a make a run if the Texas if the Rangers want to sell. You Darvish, they might, you know, the Rangers or the Rays are already dangling Alex Cobb, I heard. Um, speaking of, of the Rays have some other guys they could sell. Yeah, speaking of the Rays, so I don't know if you got to watch much of the Royals-Rays series this week, but Kevin Kiermeyer had about as bad of a defensive series as you can possibly have. He misplayed two ground balls in center field, and the one – today on uh, Thursday led to a uh, Whit Merrifield great baseball name by the way inside the park home run I mean it's like he's running up on the ball and just completely misses it I don't know if he's trying to come up and make a throw and he's just not paying attention to the ball or if he's gotten into his own head but it's not something I expected to see from a gold glove center fielder well two points Whit Merrifield great baseball name Royals have a couple of them because I've always been took a liking to Chesler Cuthbert. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, so uh, uh, the second point is Kermeyer made his bones and got his contract extension this spring from being 
what many guys claim the best center fielder in the game defensively. Yeah. He was a light-hitting guy for the first part of his career. Recently, his bat's gotten a little better, but his – I mean, this guy was putting up like a 5.1 war, and most of that was just because of his phenomenal defense. So it's not something you see out of him, like what's happened. And, you know, if I had to, you know, gun to my head, I would say you're not going to see much so much bad defense like that out of him the rest of the season. It might have just been one of them days, one of them series. But, uh, you know, he could have cost himself a gold glove this week. Yeah, and, oh, you hate to see that. And uh, Well, plays like that don't, you know, people's minds. Plays like that don't leave. No, they don't. Mind. So, you know, if someone else is playing a good center field, they may get and not make no just egregious errors like that, may get the nod over Kermeyer. Yeah. And so the last thing that I have for today's podcast is the whole Matt Harvey thing. Uh, so Matt Harvey got sent home after showing up late. He got a three-game suspension without pay. Uh, the poor sap that uh, – kind of a journeyman started and just got rocked by the Marlins on, I believe that was Sunday. And uh, so the New York Daily News reported that he went out drinking after supermodel Adriana Lima left him at the Met Gala, and he went off uh, drinking, got hammered for, uh, I guess, to forget his pain. I thought the reason he got suspended was the, the picture in the locker. Did you see that? With the Mets yeah. King Crown player of the game, I mean, I seen that, and I thought that was my that was my initial reaction. But then I hadn't heard any corroborating stories that that was him. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't heard but, that. So, do we know the truth yet on what happened? Like, because he just said he got sick and just fell asleep or whatever, and wasn't returning some of the Mets text messages. I've read three or four different reports where they haven't confirmed it, but it sounds like he may, uh, and it's nothing to make light of, uh, he may have some sort of a drinking problem that, uh, I guess they asked Terry Collins and of course he wasn't going to out his star as to having a drinking problem, but they're saying that that's what it could be right now. And that he gave mm. a, <coughs> a teary apology to teammates, uh, the next day whenever he showed up. But, so yeah, it's not, it ended up not being anything to make light of, but I thought that it was for sure about that uh, picture. If you haven't seen that, then you're probably Which, not on Twitter. Let's say that he doesn't have a drinking problem though, but he was just you know hungover, whatever, bad teammate. Yeah, seems like there's a lot of. I mean, if the Mets don't get back into contention, I think Matt Harvey is another trade candidate this July. Yeah, like, why would the Mets not see? what they can get for him for some of the team have a year and a half out of him. Maybe he's a change of scenery guy because he hasn't been that good, honestly. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he, he came up and, you know, was the dark night, yada, yada, and he's not lived well, up. Well, he was real good. Had the Tommy John, came back, had the thoracic outlet syndrome surgery. So, you got – I mean, but what if he is an alcoholic? That could be why he's pitching bad. I mean – after CC got through rehab or whatever, he turned his career around and he's good again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that so maybe, could absolutely. You know, maybe be he it. does have a problem. Hard to say. I they probably won't. They probably won't trade him if he is an alcoholic because teams, you know, they all have their own investigators. But I think mostly they wouldn't try to hide someone's illness. 
yeah. or problems from, you know, something like that. Um, but that could be a name floating around in July if the Mets are still kind of, you know, down and out. And, you know, I was reading today that, you know, maybe what if the Giants decide to sell? Johnny Cueto could be on the trading block. Yeah. Uh, what was – what? do you remember offhand what his deal was? Was it five years? Uh, I – or was that Five Sharks? Six, but here's the thing. He's got, and I, I do know this, he's paid, you know, kind of under market value for how he's pitching. Yeah. Like an average of like, it's pretty much an average of $21 million a season. And his last season is a $22 million one. But he has an opt-out after next season. So he can be part of that, you know, he can opt out and, I think it's after next year. I don't think it's this. Maybe it's an opt out for this season. I have to go back and look. He's got an opt out even after this year or next year. So they're saying that could complicate the Giants trading him because it, you know, if he can opt out sooner than later, then teams aren't going to give as much as they could for him. And they're thinking, you know, while he has made a lot of money, his contracts for a lot of money. Like he could maybe possibly get more money if he opts out. Oh yeah, get a few more million dollars a year on top of that. Because I was like, you know, on Twitter today, I was being stupid and was like, Cubs are going to trade for Johnny Cueto, and that solves two problems: gives them another ace, and will tick off Cardinals fan base because they all hate <laughs> Johnny Cueto. That they do. That they do. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, there will be a lot of names thrown out there around the deadline, and I, I think it's a good time to be a a team like the Rockies where, you know, you're looking for some pitching depth. It is. And... They're, they're a surprise team that, uh, well, for a lot of people, they were surprised. We kind of liked them a lot before the season started. Not, yeah, they're a surprise and, team, not if you listen to this podcast. And then you got some teams that we thought was going to be good that are struggling and may end up just because they do have high payroll and their farm systems are not what they were that may look into just kind of setting, hitting the reset button a little bit. Maybe not a complete rebuild, but a retool. And, you know, the Giants and the Rangers are the two teams come to mind there. Oh, yeah. Um, that have, I mean, the, the Rangers have Luke Roy, who's a free agent after this year. You Darvish, who's a free agent. So they could trade them two and get pretty, you know, they could get some decent guys back. And if they still want to make a run for them in the winter to sign them back. And the Giants, they got, you know, I think Smarja has not pitched to his con- not pitched to his contract value. Yeah. So he'd be hard he'd be hard to trade. But the Giants could trade Matt Moore, maybe Mark Melanson even, if they really wanted to get crazy. They yeah. could trade Moore, Melanson and Cueto and just get a haul back because the Giants farm system is barren. Yes, it is, and we we hit on that in the uh, baseball preview about how there was not a lot in the like cupboard for the Giants. They brought their best player up last week, Christian Arroyo, who's been tearing it up. He's ready, so he's up here to stay. But the only other guy of note they have in their farm system is that Tyler Beatty guy, yeah. and now they're projecting him to be more of a middle-of-the-rotation guy. He's not even the true ace. And if I was the Giants, I really would think about selling at this point and just mad bums hurt, you know, whatever, just – build around another quick team around Mad Bum and Posey, you know, and come back out for 2018, 2019, whatever, lower their payroll. Their payroll's at $180 million, lower it some. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Lucas, you got any more baseball notes before we hop off here? 
Nope, I'm good. Quarter season is uh, should be sometime in the next week, right? Yes. So uh, we're gonna give give the fans what they want. Give them the quarter season uh, baseball podcast. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. We'll be we'll hit right on the quarter season and put yeah. out who we like, what who we don't like, and uh, some early MVP picks, maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to changing some of mine, like my World Series pick. <laughs> yeah, that's, the Rangers aren't doing too hot. No, they're not. Well, Lucas, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, go check out the site, uh, fumblingpunter.com, and give us a follow on Twitter or uh, like our page. Lucas, you're the Facebook guy. Do you like the page? Do you follow the page? What do you do with that? Uh, well, we, we definitely post our content on there to maybe make it easier for people to find. Yeah. So, so if you're ever looking for a link to some podcasts, that's where to look. You can always go back and listen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we encourage you guys to do that. Uh, I don't think we hit on anything uh, too, like, of the moment that it wouldn't be a good listen later. So go back, archive, listen to uh, some of the old podcast. If uh, it gets later on in the summer and you're looking for something to do, maybe got a long trip ahead, go back, listen to our baseball preview. Tell us where we were right. Tell us where we were wrong. Tell us where... Uh, Devin made a stupid World Series prediction that he should have never made. <laughs> so, Lucas, thanks for joining us. That's all we got today. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Have a good weekend, everyone.